Welcome to the Economic Development Matters podcast, brought to you by Edmonton Global, hosted by me, Brianna Morris, and my colleague, Sherry Baslama. Sherry and I work together at Edmonton Global, an economic development agency that represents 14 municipalities that make up the Edmonton metropolitan region. Home to 1.4 million people and generating $105 billion in GDP, our region is Canada's fifth largest economy, and we're just getting started. At Edmonton Global, our purpose is to transform and grow the economy of the Edmonton region. And we do that by attracting foreign direct investment and quality jobs. We also support our local businesses to expand internationally. On this podcast, we talk about economic development matters and why it matters. We discuss how we can best compete in the global marketplace and build a sustainable and prosperous economy to enhance the quality of life for the people in our communities. Today, we're excited to have Adam O'Brien on the podcast today. He's the founder and CEO of Bitcoin Well. He also recently joined Edmonton Global's board of directors. And I'm kind of embarrassed to say, as the communications person at Edmonton Global, who we do a lot of talking about the innovative companies here, and we've never done anything with Bitcoin Well, which is crazy because it's one of the most exciting companies, I think, in the Edmonton region. Uh, Thanks so much for being here, Adam. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's great to be getting to know some of the team, and then now uh, see some of the some of the followers of Edmonton Global. It's awesome. Yeah, okay. Do, could you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, uh, I so I found uh, I'm a young. Uh, let me start personally, and then we'll move into into how I ended up uh, where I great. am uh, career wise. Um, my I met my wife when I was 19. Uh, she was 18. Uh, before I even talked to her, I told my friend, I said, I'm going to marry that girl over there Aww. and I uh, had to, had to chase her for, for three weeks, but I ended up uh, convincing her to marry me uh, a couple of years later. And we now have four amazing children, um, awesome. aged five and younger. So it's a busy wow, house that's and, amazing. and, and Congratulations. I have Congratulations. a super wife, which is pretty epic. And uh, so doing the dad thing has been, has been a blast and learning a ton, man. It's amazing what you learn from a three-year-old. I tell you, it's like, wait till they're teenagers, Adam. <laughs> I, I've I actually imagine. got four kids too, so I, I got to oh, tell you, awesome. like, yeah, same thing. It's totally worth it. Um, it it's going to be a fun ride. Mine just turned two, yeah, so it's... later you have to tell me like what I need to prepare for for three, <laughs> age three. Okay, yeah, wow, amazing. It's uh, the big family is like so much fun. It's so chaotic, um, and I and I thrive in chaos. I mean, look at the look at the industry I've chosen uh, for the last nearly a decade now, and and so yeah. So then about a decade ago. Um, in 2013, I found Bitcoin. It had just hit this this all time high of a hundred dollars, and I went into it like, ha, "Look at this fake internet money! What a scam! Uh, I can't wait to disprove all these all these losers online." Um, and so went down the rabbit hole. I, it, it, now it's got a name. It's called being orange pilled. But I effectively orange pilled myself, um, reading about about Bitcoin. And when you when you read about Bitcoin, it's not just Bitcoin. It's like it's economics, it's history, it's fiat currency, it's monetary policy, it's technology, and then now it's blockchain. It's it's understanding decentralization and encryption. And so me, this like you know twenty year old numpty out of high school, um, learning all this stuff and and just trying to disprove it along the way and couldn't. Um, so finally decided like, hey, this is probably something that I want to buy. I I. I believe in it. I think this is like a really sound way to store value. And so went on this journey of trying to buy Bitcoin and couldn't figure out how to do it. It was like 
wire money to Russia or meet some guy in a back alley. And I was like, this sucks. Like <laughs> what a horrible way to, to be introduced to like supposedly what is this new money? And so, um, ended up opting for the back alley route, um, had a pretty tough, like customer experience, so to speak, and then decided, oh, I could do that way better. And, um, and that's what I did. I set out on a journey to make Bitcoin accessible and understood, um, a few months later. And then, so like for the next few months, I just kind of had an ad on Kijiji that said like, I'm buying and selling Bitcoin. Call me if you have questions. And I would meet people at like McDonald's or Starbucks and, and like, they would ask me their Bitcoin questions and I would answer them. And then sometimes they'd buy Bitcoin. Sometimes they wouldn't. I always got ice cream though, whenever possible. So that was like, I was always worth it to go to the, uh, to the meeting. Um, and then a few months after that, in February of 2014, um, I deployed the province's first Bitcoin ATM, which allowed people to walk up and buy Bitcoin immediately. And then we did the same thing in Saskatchewan. And then we did, uh, we weren't the first, but we we extended the, um, the network into BC and then kind of just built up this network of Bitcoin ATMs uh, in Western Canada. Um, from there, we made an acquisition in 2019. We were a small team. Um, in 2019, we made an acquisition in Toronto in the GTA. And uh, fast forward to today, where we're the world's first publicly traded Bitcoin ATM company uh, with a little over 200, about 220 machines across Canada. Uh, we've also expanded into like white glove um, OTC services. So really honing in on that education um, mantra. People can come into the office and learn about Bitcoin and understand um, how to buy, how to store and how to use Bitcoin. And then recently we've been investing and deploying um, an online ecosystem where you can pay your bills in Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin online and sell Bitcoin online. So really, really emphasizing interaction with Bitcoin and making sure that our users can, can acquire um, sell and then also interact with and spend their Bitcoin how they choose to. Uh, congratulations on that. And that's, uh, it's very interesting and it definitely resonates. So I bought, uh, a some Bitcoin, I think 2013 or 2014 when it was new, because I come Amazing. from a family of nerds. I'm not so much a nerd, but my dad was was into it and, and uh, um, definitely definitely resonates. And I almost lost it. So I, yeah, I just, I didn't know. I was like, okay, sure. I'll just know buy a little bit didn't think of it for years and i almost lost it so actually what you're describing makes me feel That's a little a, less like less bad to admit that now on, on totally <laughs> on it's such a it's such a common story we, i actually had a buddy i broke my femur in like 2016 so i was like pretty much couldn't couldn't move um and lucky for me, it was it was football season. So I used to have buddies come over and watch football with me on Thursdays and we'd gamble on the games and uh, like with like a hundred bucks or whatever. But we were using a website that took Bitcoin. And so my friends would like give me a couple, you know, a hundred bucks or whatever. I would send a hundred dollars in Bitcoin to their site and they would withdraw Bitcoin. And I had a buddy who won like a few hundred bucks that day, put in a Bitcoin wallet. And then it, and then he lost it. And oh. it was like almost a full Bitcoin because back oh. in the day, like a few hundred bucks okay. was like nearly a full Bitcoin. And now <laughs> you like, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to out myself yeah. as the person in the room who knows absolutely nothing about Bitcoin now, because losing Bitcoin, I don't understand this concept at all. Uh, isn't it like Adam, some made up thing on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> what For somebody like me, how would, how would you describe Bitcoin? Uh, Bitcoin is, I would say, the closest thing to digital gold that we'll ever see. It's it's a way that you you are able to store value. We all see as money, like we all see money or like you know dollars as the kind of root layer. 
But actually, that's not true. The root layer is the value that we create with our time, right? If you lie in bed all day, uh, you do not get any money and, and, and a whole day has gone by. And, 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 and so money is not actually the, the, the root. It's what can you earn? What can you create with the time that you, that you have? Okay. And the only reason we have money is because the nuance of barter is ridiculous, right? You two ladies spend, I'm assuming a good portion of your time producing this podcast and there is a very few amount of people that want podcast services, I imagine. They're not non-existent, but like if your butcher doesn't want podcast services, how are you ever going to eat, right? <laughs> right? To like simplify it. So you have to trade your services for a, a generally universal unit of account. You have to store your value in something that everyone and anyone would like to interact with. And, and that's dollars. Um, you know, it could be gold, it could be silver. Um, and, and there's a whole bunch of nuance behind the economics of what that unit of account is. And Bitcoin is the perfect embodiment of sound money to store that value. So you can either trust me on that, or we can talk for the next 72 hours about, about why it is that way, uh, or I can condense it down to a couple of minutes, but at the root, um, which this is like a very complex way to answer that question. Um, but at the root, Bitcoin is a is a way to to protect and to store the value that you create with your time. So how is Bitcoin different from other cryptocurrencies or is it not really that different? Like Ethereum or Litecoin no, or? Very different. Yeah, great question. Very, very different. Um, the main um, the main differentiation between Bitcoin and crypto, and, and honestly, I think we can at this point lump all other crypto into into a fairly generalized bucket, uh, but there is the key difference between Bitcoin and all other crypto is centralization or decentralization in Bitcoin's case and scarcity, um, and those two kind of go hand in hand. Um, if a cryptocurrency claims to be scarce, but a centralized group can change the supply, it's not scarce. Um, versus Bitcoin that is decentralized, meaning no central party, no single uh, entity can change the way that Bitcoin works. Um, it has a known and a trusted scarcity because it has to have, like in order to change any properties of Bitcoin, it goes to a vote effectively. And, and the community can decide um, which is the true Bitcoin, this, this scarce one or the not scarce one, or the one that interacts this way or the protocol that interacts that way. Um, and, and the community can kind of decide which way, uh, which way, or which Bitcoin that it wants to, to, to maintain. And so I would say the main difference is, is around the fact that nobody truly has control over Bitcoin. It is fully decentralized. So um, my understanding is we're seeing a lot of inflation right now because of increases to the money supply. And maybe that's debatable and I'm not, you know, an expert in monetary policy. So for listeners, please don't like hate me for that. But is, um, is, is that why you want to have scarcity? Um, and that's why Bitcoin is, is better because you can't increase the supply? Like, can you exactly? Yeah. Like scarcity, scarcity is the, is the root of all value, because again, we create value with our time, no matter how rich you are, no matter if you're a baby or if you are a seasoned professional at the peak of your career, you have 24 hours in a day. And as we get older, presumably we get more efficient with creating value, like 
my three month old son is pretty useless at creating time or at creating value <laughs> with his time right now. Right. He eats, sleeps and poops. Like, let's right. be honest. There's like, he's like incredibly cute. So he's creating a lot of value in that way. It's just not captured and stored very well because it's not very scarce. You could argue. However, I was digress. Um, and so we get more efficient creating that value over time. Um, but it's scarce. And so the value that we create, the reflection of that has to also be scarce or else it's worthless or else it becomes worth a lot less, I should say. And so I think that scarcity as a concept is really well understood throughout humanity. I mean, my, my older son, we were playing hungry hippo uh, a few months ago and it's like all red balls and one yellow ball. And we, and we attribute the, the same value to, to all of them. They're all worth one point. We count the balls at the end of the game and, and whoever has the most wins, but he always screams the loudest when he has the yellow one, because it's the only one that's yellow, right? It's scary. It has no other value, nothing, but he in his little five-year-old mind has attributed Oh, this one is extra special because it's the only one. We, we we know that scarcity mm-hmm. has value, but we've been tricked and we've been lied to. I would I would argue by people that argue that quantitative easing and that and that printing and printing and printing recklessly and endlessly is the answer to wealth. But in fact, all that does is it takes wealth out of what's already been created, and that's a problem. I'm curious to know how governments um, are responding to. Bitcoin and some of these more innovative fintech sort of um, technologies that are that are arising. Um, slowly and cautiously, if I want to be diplomatically um, uh, correct here, yeah. um, I think that at the root, um, money and the state have been connected since the dawn of time. Right. Um, and separating money and state. Um, is a is a net benefit. I would I would go toe to toe with absolutely anybody who would argue that that's not a benefit to society as a whole, and I think I would come out on top. Um, and and that's because of I I am fully under the belief that individuals having control of the money is a lot better than a small group of politicians. Um, and and so I think that there is a little bit of that like threat factor there. Um, and I think that it's it's kind of the same way that the internet threatened the way that we communicate. Um, Bitcoin threatens the way that we interact with money. And so there's going to have to be adaptation and change. And there will be some economies that adapt that properly um, by not regulating it too heavily, by doing it properly, by consulting with the industry, et cetera. And there will be some that don't, and they're going to hyper-regulate it in the same way that legacy finance is is regulated. And it's just not the same. Uh, we cannot automate or we cannot regulate planes the same way we regulated cars because they're just different. And it's like one flies and one doesn't. You cannot, they're both vehicles, but like totally, totally different. And Bitcoin, new finance, and you know, fiat currency, legacy finance, like they're both money, but they're just so different. So um, I think that we've seen a good job done here in Canada so far and around the world. There's been some questionable policies put into place, but at the end of the day, it's not really up to the governments. Lucky for us, it's up to the community and up to the protocol that Bitcoin is. That's great. Are there any countries that are taking a really unique approach or doing things differently that you're paying attention to? Or is everybody just sort of responding that in that cautious approach? Um, I think that the smaller countries have an advantage here to really come on top. I mean, El Salvador is running an experiment right now where like Bitcoin is literally legal tender in El Salvador. Um, if you told me I'm holding El Salvadorian currency, I wouldn't know if you meant they're, they're, they're like their fiat money 
or Bitcoin because it's both classified as legal tender, which really? is like pretty shocking. Um, so that's very interesting. Like McDonald's in El Salvador accepts Bitcoin because you have to accept legal tender in, in, in countries, which is, yeah, which is insane. They're also using the power that is uh, ex like erupted from volcanoes to mine Bitcoin, um, which is 100% renewable, 100% green, and uh, and obviously really, really cool. Um, so it's, it's, it's quite fascinating, the innovation that we're seeing, like, you know, a small country like El Salvador, which has like, it's pretty impoverished, right? There's not a lot of wealth there. There's not a lot of like, you know, really massive Google-esque uh, companies coming out of El Salvador. But that government has like, figured out that democratic money is is for the benefit of society they want to embrace it and give their citizens a fighting chance and um they're finding ways to do that which is really cool so if i understand correctly with bitcoin we're not really seeing then um like uh country exchange rates right like it's the same value in el salvador as canada as like europe is like is that is that fair to say yeah like one bitcoin is one bitcoin um of course it has like you know, a bar of gold has a different, has a, has a relative value in Canada, US, El Salvador, Mexico, uh, Europe, like it's all got relative value, but in the same way, one ounce of gold is equal to one ounce of gold. One Bitcoin is equal to one Bitcoin. It truly is universal value um, that holds its value outside of the borders of your country. Like, you know, one Euro is pretty useless on this in at on the streets of Edmonton. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you could go to the bank and exchange it. Um, but that's kind of all you can do with it. And, and you can't send it to anyone. You can't send it anywhere natively. And so it's like, what's the value of a Euro outside of Europe? Um, and, and Bitcoin is, is started out that way. Like the only way you could really use Bitcoin was by sending it to someone, um, and receiving fiat. But now like, uh, for example, on our on our website, you can pay virtually any bill in Bitcoin natively. So you want to pay your Epcor bill, you go to bitcoinwell.com slash bills. Uh, you can choose your Epcor payee. You can enter your account number, your Visa card, your Amex card, your Hydro account, whatever, um, and you can and you can pay your bit or pay your bills that way. So you really can use Bitcoin natively here if you really want to. So from an economic standpoint, like what are the implications of that? What does that mean for our economy going forward? Like, is this a I mean, massive game changer? And, and you know, in, in what way? Yeah, I think certainly. I think that, like I said, like we've all heard the expression, the separation of church and state. And, and we've taken that to mean like, don't work where you where, where you live kind of idea or, or some capacity of that. Um, but if you think back historically, like the church and the state were one. And and when that separation occurred, that was like, that was a big deal. Like yeah. we literally separated government from church. And I think that, that was necessary because look at how, governments and like they that was not a good thing to have together i think that we're mm -hmm. still seeing evidence and trauma from that relationship in the past and i think that i hope that my kids and my grandkids and my great grandkids will talk about the revolution of the separation of money and state and how now they have more option now they have more more individual control over their money and they're less exposed to the to the the excessive printing and the irresponsible monetary policy that our governments can just whip up in a matter of a few weeks and change. Um, so yeah, I think it's got, it's a massive game changer. And in the same way, like we do not communicate the same since the advent of the internet period. Yeah. Um, once the internet was invented and, and, and given to us, which is like, to be clear, the internet, I'm talking about the protocol, not like Google, not Zoom, not not Facebook, like the protocol that is the internet, the protocol that runs, that that 
all those companies run on, once that was invented and, and we started innovating on top of it, our communications changed completely. Yeah. Now that Bitcoin as a protocol, Bitcoin as a software layer has been invented, there are companies that are able to use that protocol to change the way that we use money. And this is the this is what's happening right now, which is truly, I think, remarkable. And the same way you know, we are still learning about all the powers and all what we can do with the internet protocol. Um, in 25 years, we're going to be still learning and excited about all the powers and all the all the uh, all the advantages that that decentralized money and decentralizing value can do for society. That's great. What so back to Bitcoin? Well, to your company, what comes next? Do you think for you, for your company? Um, we're focused on interaction now. So, like buying and selling Bitcoin is is good. Um, you can you can buy Bitcoin. I've so with Interact eTransfer, um, you can buy Bitcoin at BitcoinWell.com in like sixty five seconds, and it's the that's the fastest and safest way you can buy Bitcoin in Canada. Period. Um, and and that's I'm very proud of that. That's pretty cool. Um, but now it's it's interaction. How do you go to like Remedy Cafe and spend your Bitcoin, where Remedy Cafe may or may not take it natively. Um, but if you want to hold your wealth in Bitcoin, how do you actually do that? And when you think about interaction of money, it's you need to buy something, sell some stuff, you know, to use your money, but you also want to borrow against your money. You want to, you want to invest your money. You right. want to send it to a peer. And, and so um, it's, it's focusing on that second layer, that interaction with Bitcoin that we're very excited about, making money future-proof. That's great. And where can listeners go to um, go to Bitcoin Well? What's your what's your website? Uh, Bitcoinwell.com is is where you'll kind of see um, uh, the homepage and and uh, you can make an account and you can find a Bitcoin ATM and buy Bitcoin there. You can book an appointment for our offices or at the Bitcoin Well on uh, on Twitter is great. I'm going to do that. Awesome. Anything else you want to mention to listeners? No, I don't think so. This has been this has been a blast. I think really awesome questions, and I mean, obviously, listeners, if if there's anyone that has questions or doesn't like what I've said, I would invite you to um, hit me on Twitter at Adam O'Brien with an underscore end. So at Adam O'Brien underscore on Twitter, um, tweet me your questions, and I'd be happy to engage in a very polite and uh, like appropriate back and forth. I think that as a society, we need to be like, I disagree with you, and here's why, and then we need to respond with like responding with you're stupid is like silly and so we need to respond with like oh i disagree with that and here's why and when we have that that conversation it's, it's a benefit to everyone so um i would really really encourage to the tough questions we're partnered up with with real talk here in edmonton and ryan jesperson and he says it all the time i welcome the tough questions because it's it's an opportunity to potentially change someone's mind or to have my mind be changed and i think that's uh that's an important um thing so yeah hit me on twitter uh visit the website sign up for our newsletter to you know get all the promotions and see the advancement of the company and lastly i mean we're publicly traded so if you like what we're doing like the story you have an opportunity to to uh, to purchase shares. That's uh, that that's a cool thing. We love when our users become shareholders. That's great. Thanks, Adam. We really enjoyed the conversation. Um, thanks for being here. And I I I think I'm going to have to learn more about Bitcoin. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much, ladies. It's been a pleasure. Looking forward to doing it again. Thanks, Adam. Take care. That time went by so quickly. Uh, I feel like we barely scratched the surface. We didn't even talk about like blockchain and all this other stuff. But that was uh, still really insightful, and I I really loved his analogy of 
the separation of church and state, and now the separation of government and money. I think that's really fascinating insight. Yeah, for me, I think I have even more questions than I had before. Um, I outed myself as the ignorant person in the room, but I really haven't done a lot of exploring about what Bitcoin is. Um, but after talking to him, I'm certainly more curious and I, I, I do wanna look into it a bit more. Um, he talked too about the origins of the internet and how that has changed over time. So I'm, I'm curious about uh, what the story is there with cryptocurrencies too, because um, when we look at the internet, what it was built for is a bit different from how it's being used now by big, mm-hmm. big tech companies. So I wonder if that's the same with Bitcoin or if there's similar kind of stories happening there. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Um, and it also just, yeah, to your point, the transition, um, you know, and the way we communicate is different now. I, 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 I hope, I guess, if we, you know, transition to Bitcoin that it's just as peaceful because I, I feel like talking, you know, legacy and fiat currency and, and I just, I don't know, I guess I, I'd love to ask him yeah, a little more about how do you, transfer to a new monetary system yeah like and peacefully <laughs> that well, sounds like a peace- tall order peacefully could be like fairly peacefully here in north america but it could be like there's there it could be argued that you know social media has been used for pretty you know nefarious purposes in the developing world where it's mm. caused a lot of harm and a lot of disruption in political systems so um yeah what do you predict brianna is cryptocurrency going to take over the world yes you think so yes i think so That's a wrap for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Economic Development Matters podcast brought to you by Edmonton Global. For more information about Edmonton Global or to get in touch, visit our website at edmontonglobal.ca. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook. And don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be among the first to know when a new episode drops. We hope you learned something new today about Economic Development Matters and why it matters. Until next time, we're your hosts, Sherry and Brianna, signing off.